Nick Cage is set to play the Tiger King, Community is getting back together, Space Force drops a trailer, Takiya Watiti gets a deal to direct a Star Wars movie, and our thoughts on the Clone Wars series finale, plus more on your Herd with Nerds. Welcome on into the podcast. I'm Brett. I'm Dorian. And we got some nerd news for you. Uh, Nick Cage is the Tiger King. Is the Tiger King. Was he always the Tiger King? I think he was. I think he was born to play the Tiger King. Honestly, I, I, I don't know what he's been doing recently. Like, I have no idea, but... Apparently making a third National Treasure movie, but we haven't that heard too, yeah. anything about that. No. Disney's been playing that close to the vest. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, he's he's set to play the Joe Exotic mm-hmm. in a CBS series that's going to be eight episodes long. Uh, and then based on a Texas monthly article. Yeah. Apparently, this is a uh, this is not really taking cues from, like, the Netflix show. Uh, apparently, there was, like, a monthly article uh, from Texas that covered Joe Exotic and, like, just his scandals and stuff like that. You know, stuff Makes along, sense. Those line, along those lines. But, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of Tiger King projects in the works for yeah. just a documentary here. About some psycho. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there's, uh, for starters, there's a separate show focusing on Carol Baskin. At least mm-hmm. we assume that is. There's a Rob Lowe TV project that Rob Lowe is doing. We don't know exactly what it is. But so this is separate from Nick the, Cage's This thing. is separate from Nick Cage's oh, wow. uh, whole thing. There's a docuseries investigating the mystery of uh, Carol Baskin, which, come on, we all know she killed her husband here. Um, and I didn't see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it gets real wild. Uh, like, you just only watch one episode. Right? I couldn't get past the first episode. Yeah. I thought it was pure garbage. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Basically, I saw a meme uh, a couple weeks back that said, uh, like, uh, Joe Exotic is basically the equivalent of what Mario is to Wario. Oh, yeah. But for Steve uh, Irwin. Yeah. I mean. That makes sense. No, it's accurate. Um, But, and then there's also a movie happening. Yeah. On this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no. For me, I mean, I just did not get into this series like a lot of people did. So for me, I'm just kind of like, they're really reaching for content right now, yeah. like, d- like on every platform. And my theory is, if Corona didn't happen, like if Corona wasn't a thing and we were just going about our lives like normal, yeah, this show would not have gotten watched. No, I think it. I think it would have gotten watched. It just would not be as big as it was. Like you know, that's for what a I mean. Mainstream yeah. audience here, yeah. Um, I think it would just been like, you know, mostly boiled down to the people who typically go in for like, you know, crime docuseries or, you know, stuff along this ilk essentially here. But no, this is like, this is like a classic example of like timing is everything. And, oh yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm just really surprised that, you know, all these producers that think, okay, we're going to milk the crap out of Tiger King here. Um, that they are li- Tiger King has like only been out for like what, like maybe two months or something like that. Like, yeah. Something n- like that. You know, is anybody going to care like, you know, a, a year, two years down the line when no. all these projects actually see the light of day no. about all this other stuff. I mean, yeah, it's, um, uh, no, nah, it's just ridiculous here. I think just people just really just trying to capitalize on, Something that we don't even know if it's like really actually going to have a lasting impact here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the full story. I know Tiger King's in jail. Yeah, no, he is. Um, so we're just basically making him rich. Well, I mean, I don't think he's seeing a penny of that money here for the most for part. the for the Tiger King Netflix thing. Yeah, I don't think he gets any of that money. Really? Yeah. I Why? Mean, because, well, for one, he's in jail here, but... You can still make money when you're in jail. You can still make money, but I think uh, I think this was, like, something that was done uh, regardless of whether or not, like, Joe Exotic was really involved here. Because they have, like, a bunch of footage from, like, him shooting his internet show uh, yeah. from a... From a docuseries or like a I just feel like you can't beforehand. use his likeness or his name without his permission. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sure he's making money off this. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how that or works. Or one of his husbands. <laughs> yeah. 
well, I don't know. He's only got one now here, but yeah. So I don't know. I honestly don't know what the logistics of that is, but yeah. Um, yeah. So for, for the show, for the movie, I don't really see the appeal, but I guess if Nick Cage is part of it, it might be interesting to check out. I mean, you know, it's going to be a curiosity thing. It's like, okay, how crazy is Nick Cage going to go off in this movie here? And is he going to actually lose weight? So it can be like a skinny Joe exotic, or is he just going to be old Nick, Nick Cage, uh, build here? I feel like he has a similar build. So or at least young Nick Cage does, but I don't know. I haven't seen Nick Cage in anything in a decade. Yeah. It's, so it's been a while, but yeah, I mean me personally, I was entertained by Tiger King, but I don't understand why we need so many adaptions just because here's the thing. We have live footage, raw footage of the actual person and they are larger than life. And the fact that like, you know, this whole thing is not like a scripted uh, show and it's actually like reality and it's an actual series and all that. Mm-hmm. You can't, re- I feel like you can't really get better than that here. It's like the real thing. Yeah. So I don't understand like wh- why we feel like there needs to be an adaptation when we don't, I mean, unless there's like, you know, you're going to be covering things that the show doesn't cover that there's not footage of here or something along those lines. But, but then it's just hearsay. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I mean, and I feel like, you know, if there's like something that went, uh, you know, unused from the show, I feel like it would have been already in the show. Or like if there was like some, some ground that the show didn't cover, it's like, I don't understand why it wouldn't have been covered by the show. I feel like, you know, you're just kind of really trying to grasp that, grasp at straws and really reach for something that's not there. Yeah. So. Yeah, so in other uh, TV news, we have a community reunion. Uh, now, this is not done nearly as well as the Parson Rec reunion, not even close to. Um, but we're getting something, I guess, is what we should be excited for. Which, I mean, that's, you know, yeah, I mean, when's the last time we really got anything, you know, community related and anything that was like, uh, not regarding like cancellation or something like that. Right. Those lines. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Ten Jong and Joel McHale since the quarantine have been doing a podcast. Oh, have they? Yeah. Called the darkest timeline. Oh really? Yeah. And they just have people on like from community and talk about like their episodes that they liked. And so I think I haven't seen all of them. I think, uh, Gillian's been on one who played Britta, mm-hmm. uh, Yvette Nicole Brown who played Shirley has yep. been on it. Uh, I don't think, Donald or uh, Danny or Allison have been have, on it. I've been on it. Okay. So definitely not Chevy Chase. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't even know he was still alive. To be honest, I was like, I was trying to figure that out because I have been rewatching Community, and I was like, man, he's probably like late sixties in the show, like maybe mid to late sixties on while he was filming, and that was I, yeah. ten plus years ago yeah somewhere around there yeah so he's got to be old um yeah no so yeah speaking of chevy chase it will not include it'll ca- include the whole main cast so we get donald glover back yep, we aka get, troy barnes aka get, the best part of the show yep we get uh a bed we got a bed yeah uh yeah no we get pretty much the main no no chevy of, though yeah no chevy because i mean the episode that they're doing is actually revolving around uh his funeral this is a, okay yeah because it's the table read where uh, the polygraph guy comes in and he's reading off, uh, uh, Pierce's will. And basically they have to answer the questions in order to like, actually, you know, get something from the will. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't think this is an episode I would have chosen for them to table read, to be honest, but yeah. But I mean, it's, one of those ones where it's like, okay, what episode can you have like a table read and not like lose like the, well, the effect of like not having like an actual, uh, yeah, like actual setting crew, like maybe the Dungeons Dragons episode or something along those lines here. You still have to have someone played Chevy though. You do. Or Pierce Hawthorne. But I mean, Dan could have done that. Dan Harmon. I guess he could have. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, maybe they just chose one to do without that. Because there's very little to choose from that has Troy in it that doesn't have Chevy Chase's character Pierce in it. Yeah, they that, left in the same season. 
Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because I think uh, Pierce was the beginning of season five, right? Uh, he makes like or, a appearance, but it's like a hologram. Though. It's a yeah, it's a hologram, and but and then yeah, I think uh, like Donald Glover leaves like episode five. I want to say somewhere five. around there. I don't know, like like a couple episodes early on in the season. Because this is season five, episode four, correct? Uh, this I don't know which episode this is. I think it might be yeah, roughly around there. But it's it's a season five episode. It's going to be a live virtual table read. So, yeah, so I'm guessing like a Zoom call. Yeah, basically, and then th- it's also going to be doing like a Q and A afterwards for the fans. So and Dan Harmon obviously is going to be involved. I'm assuming Dan Harmon's going to be playing the part of the uh, the polygraph uh, test guy. Yeah, I'm sure. And probably like the other people that were in the room. Yeah, but yeah, it's going to be on YouTube. It's uh, you know, May 18th, uh, two o'clock uh, Pacific Standard Time, which is kind of a weird time to do it at, I guess. It kind of is, yeah. But I mean, know, I get it. But uh, I'll just watch it after I get off work, yeah. I guess. But um, yeah. So for me, yeah, it just kind of seems like a downgraded from like a Parks and Rec thing. You can't. I don't. You can't top what they did. Oh, Parks and Rec. Yeah. Right now, you can't. Like, if if you were to wait until this is over and actually shoot an episode, yeah, then you could. Yeah, uh, I'm still excited. Troy Barnes will be back because, like I said, I think the show went. There was a a oh. huge slope when he left, as far as like the the writing, yeah. the comedy involved in the show. It just died, in my opinion. I mean, he definitely left a void for certain. Yeah, and they weren't they just weren't able to fill it. Doesn't matter what new characters they brought in. No. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see kind of the cast back with you know Donald being a part of it. If Donald wasn't a part of it, I probably wouldn't even watch it, to be honest. Really? I mean, I just, like I said, I'm not the biggest Joel McHale fan. Sure. Um, I like Danny Pudi. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, but I don't really like the other people. Like, not as people, but just as, I don't I'm no, I don't care about their their work, well, I yeah, guess. Their, their character or like their story. I like Ken Jong. I like, I like Chang. Like, yeah. I think he's really funny. I think Ken Jong's funny, but. Yeah, but I mean, Ken... Ken Jong is not like necessarily like the getting the most screen time in that show. Like no, no, no. To like the other people. No, there. I'm talking about now. I guess yeah. like Donald Glover is someone who I f- I followed some of his work. You know, obviously, and oh, so yeah, Childish Gambino here, and he's doing Atlanta. <laughs> I think too. Yeah, I watched for season one of Atlanta. I need to watch the rest of it, but you know, he was you know Simba, Simba, the new Lion King, Lando. He was Lando. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I mean, I'm just glad to see that these people have their still have each other's contact information. They're still on good terms with each other. So yeah, hashtag six seasons in a movie, make it happen. I mean, I think they can. You know, I'm. I mean, well, it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like a movie is a lot easier project to film than a television show, just because. You know, you're having to spend less time shooting footage here. Yeah. So, and plus, I mean, Joe McHale has been doing a lot of stuff with Netflix. He had the Joe McHale show where he's like doing the news and then. Yeah. uh, The Tiger King after show. Yeah. The Tiger King after show. So, and then obviously community just got onto Netflix. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, if Netflix wants to do a movie, the time is right. This is a whole side note. Maybe it's just a rant of mine. They on the so they have the darkest timeline podcast. Him, yep. and, him and Ken Jong are the hosts of it. Yeah, dude, their audio quality is trash. Is it? And they have a producer, and I'm like, fire that guy. And their graphic is horrible. Well, okay, like, I, I'm not any of those things. I'm not an audio engineer. Neither is Dorian. No, we're able to make it work. You know, for for the podcast. Uh, you know, Dorian does the editing for like the what you guys hear basically. Mm-hmm. And neither of us have any background in that. And they have like a professional dude doing it. So and it's not good. Are they doing it via like Skype or like yeah, something okay. like that? That that might be the reason why. Just because. But they have like nice microphones it looks like. Right. And I'm like, you know, with how, what you found. Because we were, we were doing this show. Remotely. For remotely the, for a while before stuff in our area got lifted to where we couldn't start doing it again. Uh, in per, you know, at the studio. But um I don't know. I, 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 I maybe I'm a snob now because I'm like we have good we have good audio quality and yeah. they don't and they have like fifty thousand subscribers ever on their YouTube channel. And, yeah. Well, I mean, I've yeah. de- I've definitely noticed from like uh, the podcast I've been listening to lately because they've been doing like Skype video stuff and yeah, all pretty much 
all their quality for the most part is definitely a downgrade for them. Uh, and I think where we got lucky, at least just uh, for right now, is we didn't have any video content. That's true. That's true. So I think that might be where the where the difference might be potentially. I yeah. Don't know. But in other news, uh, so in the same vein as like these TV shows, we have a uh, Space Force finally got a trailer. Yeah. Uh, so what are what are kind of your impressions of of this trailer? Does it make you excited? Does it not really do too much for you? What's going on? To be honest, I wasn't really all that impressed by this trailer. To, yeah, just to be completely honest, I just I don't know. I just didn't really feel like I got a really good handle of like, uh, okay, this show is going to be funny in this way here type of thing. And then um, it kind of almost seems like this is more of like the tone of like a of a kind of like a Will Ferrell, uh, like kind of like an Anchorman movie or something along those lines here. And I was kind of surprised like how mature the humor is going to be because like, yeah. I've, I figured that, you know, with Greg Daniels and Steve Carell involved, and this is kind of supposed to be essentially a workplace comedy. Just yeah, that's what involving it is. Yeah. The, involving the military. Yeah. I figured they were going to kind of go after the same demographic as Parks and Rec and The Office, you know, managed to scoop up here. But it kind of looks like they're kind of going for a little bit more of an older demographic. So I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, yeah, I mean, just right now, I just, I'm not impressed. I mean, I'll I'll still watch probably a couple episodes and see if, it, you know, it actually turns things around just because, I mean, it's kind of hard to, I feel like, do a trailer for like something that's, comedy base and not give away your best jokes or your biggest totally laughs. yeah yeah and i think yeah it's extremely hard to do a trailer for a new comedy series like you said um so i'm not taking this for like what i'm gonna hope i hope the series is good oh i do there's too. a i think there's a lot of expectation writing on it from especially from netflix yeah um because this is i think the first at least the first workplace comedy Netflix series that I've wanted to watch. I don't know if there has been any others. Yeah. At least not one of this magnitude where someone like Greg Daniels and Steve Carell are associated with it. Right. No, there's definitely a pedigree that's going on here. So, but yeah, I was really surprised by the kind of the content in the trailer. Um, they throw an F bomb in there. They and I'm do, like, yeah. I really hope this is not part of the normal language of the show because you're going to lose so many viewers that. Like all them, all like the younger millennials, like are not. Well, I guess Gen, Gen Zers, Zers. Yeah. So like, take middle school, high school kids. Yeah. Like, you know that may, maybe this show is not going to be something that they're able to watch because yeah. of the adult content. And so I'm hoping, I want this show to succeed. I want this show to be good because the cast is good. Yeah. We don't have something like this other than Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't know. Like, I, it makes me more. Uh, fearful for this show. Yeah, seeing what I saw, yeah. it does it doesn't alleviate anything for me. It's kind of like uh, what's interesting is like we literally only got like talking lines, yeah, from a few people. We didn't get any th- thing from Ben Schwartz or Jimmy O Yang or no. Lisa Kudrow. Uh, what's the girl's uh, Gina something? She, I, I don't know, but uh, which are supposed to be like the main build cast. Right. We didn't really get any talking lines from any of them or situations even that they're in yeah we just got like a like more of steve care steve's character which i mean he's gonna be mark the, yeah, i think he's gonna be the main character yeah he'll the be the main character so, I mean, it makes sense that they would focus more on him but totally to me it seems like because he has kind of an accent he's kind of like a southern draw a little bit you know or like a graveliness to his voice yeah which to me just remind like it makes me think that it's michael scott playing michael a Star character or something like that yeah yeah yeah, and so I was like, "Why did you do an accent? I don't like that. I just don't." Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a way to differentiate, differentiate himself from Michael Scott. Yeah, I mean, no, it's a. Uh, I mean, again, it's you know, I just kind of had a thought as you were talking. It's like if you were to like make a trailer for like say The Office or Parks and Rec and stuff like that. It's like I don't feel like you could really like make a good trailer just based off of like not knowing who these characters are or right. what they're about or the dynamic with them and all that. So I think uh, I think this is honestly just something that, you know, we'll just have to watch and see and you know, if it if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's not. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, I am I am a little worried that 
you know, they are just going to be leaning into more of like, you know, just like the mature side of like this show rather than like actually uh, just having, you know, clever writing, you know, just carry the weight because that's what Parks and Rec and The Office did well. And I think that's why those shows are really well liked here. Yeah. Just because clever writing can be appreciated by anybody. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I, as someone who loves comedy, it is... 10 times harder to be a clean comedian than it is to be someone who throws shock value words in there. Sure. Uh, which is why I appreciate those guys a lot more like Gaffigan or uh, Nate Bargatsky. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like those shows like Parks and Rec, you know, obviously they would have curse words. They'd be bleeped out, which is also funny. Yeah. Do, do that if you want to do it. Cause you can still have those people watch it. But sure. when they revolved, when the joke is, is revolved around a curse word for shock shock value. It's yeah. it's cheap writing. No, it is it's cheap writing. Well, and so, well, by any chance, have you seen any of that uh, Harley Quinn show that no. came out to DC? No. So I watched. I didn't watch like any episodes. I just watched like little bits and pieces on YouTube just because I heard some things like some you know some positive things about it, and all of it is just completely shock value. Just like completely just focused on like you know dropping like you know the the F bomb or something like that. I'm like, okay, so you're telling me that there's no clever writing in this. This is just all just basically just shock value for, uh, you know, a Batman cartoon show basically. So yeah. Yeah. But unfortunate. Yeah. Unfortunate. All right. Moving on. Disney plus orders a national treasure TV show. And there's also talks of a movie coming out. Now, uh, the series is in development at Disney. Um, it's going to follow a younger cast. It's not going to follow the original cast. Right. Uh, but Nick Cage, he won't be on the show, but he will be the central focus in the movie. Yeah. So, and that's a third national treasure. Uh, I was not the biggest fans of these those movies. I didn't really watch them, I don't think. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just missed the boat, I guess. But I, I saw them, and, you know, the first national treasure, I like the concept of it here just because... I really do like uh, colonial American history, like uh, 1700s, 1776 era and stuff like that. Just because America. Of, yeah. You know, there's like a lot of conspiracy and stuff like that, you know, with the Freemasons at that yeah. time. And it's, uh, no, I just really like, you know, <sighs> that period of history. And I've actually been to like some of the places that they shot in the movie as well here. And that's cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not, super interested on this one but you know surprise me yeah totally um but yeah that's kind of all that they have for that right now i'm honestly like it seems like these are already kind of bit maybe ha- we're already shooting like before corona like we didn't know about it or they're just really far in development because it made it seem like this is going to happen soon i don't know how yeah. soon yeah uh well i think disney plus is uh trying to say hey we got more content coming your way don't cut the cable. We know Clone Wars is done. We know Mandalorian season two and Falcon and Winter Soldier yeah. is a little ways off, but you know, please still be our friend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's it for the, the Disney news, I guess. Demolition man two question mark. Yeah. So, uh, I guess this is a movie that's been trying to get off the ground for, couple of years and is the og cast coming back uh well i don't know if you can bring back Wes- wesley snipes because uh is he, i thought he was out of jail well no he's he's out of jail but he died oh, that's at the true, end of yeah. the movie if i recall right but uh but no apparently uh sylvester stallone is going to be is like the main driving force behind this movie getting made so huh. obviously he'll be coming back but yeah so I guess I also heard Rumin's another Rocky movie, potentially. Oh gosh! So so wait so in, <laughs> I, so instead of a Creed three, we'll get like a Rocky what five hundred or some whatever yeah. whatever they're up to these well, days. He, yeah, he'd be training someone else. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of over that to be honest. No, I am too. It's like Creed's good. Creed one and two are good, but yeah, I have still yet to see those movies. Either. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and then uh, no, I so. I mean, Sylvester Stallone, I feel like if he wants to make a movie, it's going to happen. I mean, they've made a Rambo movie. Uh, they've made, you know, mul- like multiple Rocky movies and, you know, two spinoffs as of right now. So if, and he also 
made like expendables on like a shoestring budget and managed to get like, you know, all the action stars of the eighties into his movie. So I think if he wants to make something, it's going to happen basically. Yeah. I mean, everyone's a phone call away for him. Like he's friends with all those guys, like all those action stars. So much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, it'll happen. I guess, I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't think I've even watched like the whole, the whole movie of the first demolition man. I, only caught like maybe maybe half of that movie and like the last half on TV or something. Gotcha. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, it's just interesting, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Taika Waititi is uh, set for Star Wars. So uh, he's set to direct a new Star Wars movie and this has been rumored for a long time and now it's confirmed by Disney basically. They, they finally announced that uh, you know, he's going to be kind of co-writing and directing this movie. I don't know. Did they say who he's co-writing with? I think they did, but it's nobody I recognize or for okay. a writer. Uh, now, we don't have any details on what this is going to be. I am curious if this was maybe something that uh, the... What's what's their names? I can't even remember right Kathleen now. Kathleen Kennedy? No, uh, the guys that were riding together and then dropped from Star Wars. Oh, uh, Lord and Miller? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe this is something that they were because the comedy side of that is kind of something that, that Taika is familiar with. Yeah. Um, they might they have similar writing styles, I think. And so maybe he's picking up where they left off on whatever this project is. Uh, we don't know. Well, but Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Lord and Miller working on the solo movie and then they and then they had to bring in Ron Howard to finish it, basically? Yeah, but I was I was talking about um uh the dudes from Game of Thrones, I guess. Oh uh yeah, uh 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 Denny Aboth or I forget how you pronounce Weiss. it. Weiss. Yeah, Weiss and De- yeah. yeah, so maybe it's that. Maybe they just want to go a different tone. I don't know. Yeah. Um, we'll kind of see what happens. So I am a fan of Thor Ragnarok. I think it's the best Thor movie. Um, but uh, And he did a really good job with The Mandalorian. And so um, I think that that was probably his ticket into, into directing uh, more for them. Yeah. Uh, now, with all the directors they had for Mandalorian, they could each do their own spinoff series, and I'd probably watch it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what kind of happens from this. Like we said, there's n- there's no other details. It's just that he's he's officially greenlit to go. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, and you know, it's interesting news. I mean, it definitely seems like we are going to get like a comedy based Star Wars movie, just because that's his shtick. You know. Yeah. He, I think, pretty much every movie he's done whether it's action drama superhero what have you it has like an undercurrent of comedy as or not not really an undercurrent it's pretty much the comedy yeah is i mean the he's a focus. started as a stand-up comedian yeah so. so but uh yeah i mean me personally i didn't really like ragnarok i haven't seen enough of his like movies whether or not to judge him whether or not i really like him as a director um but yeah i mean i just learned that he was the guy who directed the finale for the Mandalorian. So yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm kind of just wait and see approach, I guess here. Yeah, totally. So yeah, what do you think it's going to be about? Knowing him, Ewoks, Ewoks and baby Yoda. I mean, I don't know, probably Ewoks, Gungans, Porgs, basically all the, all the the annoying things in the (laughs) star Wars universe here. It could be. Matter of fact, why don't we put Babu Frick in there? Just, uh, why not? I hate that character. Let's throw around them, round them all out here. You know, I don't get how people liked Babu Frick. That's a whole thing, but I think it's, I mean, he's, he's disgusting baby Yoda. Basically. He's a little filthy rat. Basically (laughs) is what he is. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So take that's, that's, I have no idea what it's going to be about. I couldn't tell you, uh, I don't know. Maybe Chris Hemsworth will be a Star Wars star now. I mean, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I mean, so. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's talk some gaming news. Yeah. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order has uh, some DLC and some uh, news that they came out with over the last couple of days. Yeah. What do we got for that, Dorian? So um, so it was May 4th, uh, just this past Monday. 
And uh, Jedi Fallen Order uh, got free DLC update. So they got a new game plus. They got combat challenges. And some new cosmetics for your lightsaber, your ponchos, or like your outfits or whatever here. And new lightsaber colors? Uh maybe. I think I think you can get like the Inquisitor lightsaber now. Oh snap. Yeah. So uh and you know, following this news, the CEO of EA says Fallen Order is officially the start of a new franchise. So I, have you been Fallen Order yet? Uh I'm close. Uh, no, I haven't been okay. it. Because, I mean, they definitely left it off. Uh, I'm for, sure they left it open. Yeah, they left it yeah. open for a sequel. Um, but, no, that being said, it's, uh, it's you know, now official that it is getting a sequel because I was kind of a little worried about that just because I think EA has, like, a 10-year deal with Star Wars uh, in terms of, like, being able to have exclusive rights to make like the main star Wars games outside of like, you know, Lego star Wars or whatever here. Sure. But yeah. And so I was kind of thinking like, okay, they might do this game and they might not be able to because they don't have the license anymore here. But yeah. So, but I think the most shocking part of this, uh, news is EA gave away free DLC stuff without any strings attached. Yeah. It's like, Uh, yeah, that's, that's surprising that this is, Yeah. I'm pretty excited about this news. I, I like the video game. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to explore with uh, this era. Yeah. Um, and I think the games only get better. Like I have, I have some like obviously constructive criticism for like parts of the combat sure, and customization yeah. and stuff like that. That could be a lot better in the next game. Yeah. So it's cool that they're going to be have that opportunity to do that and kind of just build on what a, what what is already a pretty good game. Yeah. No, for sure. And. Um, no, I, I'm glad that they are willing to go with a single player or like actually put more chips down on the board for a single player game that they're not trying to exploit the crap out of. Here. Yeah, totally. I mean, they're not trying to nickel and dime. Exactly. Which I mean, because their whole MO is like, okay, we need to do like a multiplayer destiny like type of thing or, you know, something that we can like really net a lot of cash, like make, you know, a lot of microtransactions, stuff like that. But yeah, no, yeah. it's so that on that note, what do we want to see from the sequel here? Uh, for me, like I said earlier, uh, just better customization, not yeah. just cosmetic, but I think, uh, like obviously you had the tree, right? You yeah. had the abilities you could upgrade. I think it'd be cooler to, to have, to be able to even get more specific with those abilities. Sure, like, yeah, Oh, I want my force push to be more powerful. Like I want to be able to have this ability. Um, sure. Maybe there's combinations of abilities you'll be able to use together. Get kind of, I guess, just per like make the playstyle more personal, like for you, how you want to play. Sure. Um. And probably the the lightsaber the lightsaber combat I think was good, but it could be better. Yeah. Uh, and even, you know, like, uh, spoilers for the, those of you who haven't gotten that far in the game, but there's a part where you get to have a double sided bl- blade if you find it. Right. Yeah. Um, and you can pull that apart and it's two blades, but only for like a couple seconds. Yeah, no, it's not a, uh, it's, it's not a just dual, like two lightsaber and yeah, single hand. Yeah. You're not changing like modes or anything. No, which that would be cool to have like, okay, I want to do just like a standard style. Oh no, I want to, I want to do dual blade like mall style and have that be the way I play or to like one lightsaber in each hand style and then upgrade that. So I think they could do stuff along those lines, have their own trees for those lightsaber skills. Yeah. And even that'd be cool. Like pick your different forms for your lightsaber skills. Like here's how I want to play. I want to play more defensively. I want to, or I want to play super aggressive acrobatic. Yeah. Like you could like say get a skill point for like shatter point, or you can get a right. skill point for like Obi Wan's defensive uh, lightsaber style here. Yep. But yeah, they uh, yeah they kind of did a little something like that with the skill tree, but not as fleshed out as like what you're talking about here. But yeah, I, I think they kind of got the right idea with it because the you know if you just turned on like you know one side of the lightsaber, that was like you know more focused for like, you know, one-on-one and it did more damage one-on-one, the double, uh, you know, the double-sided lightsaber, it 
focused more on like, you know, kind of crowd control, like, you know, dealing with like, you know, multiple enemies. Uh, so I'm kind of, I kind of would like to see yet them explore it a little bit more further with, uh, the dual wielding and just kind of go along those lines. Like you were saying. Yeah. 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 But yeah, I mean, just some things for me. I mean, you know, I would like definitely less bugs Yeah. because I mean, that game did get buggy at times and also tighter controls, you know, just something to be comparable to like, say dark souls or something like that or bloodborne or bloodborne. Um, more force powers. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I don't want to like have to retread and learn like the old force powers that I did from the first game because that just doesn't make any sense. Right. I think they should either expand upon them or give you a new force powers and all that and just keep the ones that you already got. Um, and probably a, a time jump. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking like I want to see, you know, maybe, maybe there's some, Maybe something like in between, like, you know, episode, uh, you know, four and five, maybe uh, five and six, you know, just because there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of places you can explore in those uh, in those gaps here. And also less of an island structure for like the level design. Like, you know how there's you pull up the map and there's just like a bunch of like, you know, you just go to one area. It's like a platform and just like a lot of yeah. like cliffs and gaps and stuff like that. I want less of that and just kind of more like, I don't know, just, just regular land, I guess yeah. or something. Yeah. I get that. But yeah, nah, that's pretty much all I got on that here. Cool. Yeah. No, I, I think they're, they have a good basis to, to work with and no, they definitely got the foundation. I mean, obviously this is going to probably come out PS five, Xbox yeah. series X yeah. here. So the switch, <laughs> just kidding. We can dream. It's not coming we out can dream. That. I mean, heck, you know, we got the Witcher on switch and, uh, I think we're getting like another big game that's supposed to be coming out. I forget which one. Oh, uh, I think red dead is supposed to red dead Bioshock. Yeah. But you know, yeah, but whatever we'll see we'll see uh so speaking of video games assassin's creed valhalla mm. will be smaller than the previous games yeah so bigger's not always better guys no and basically ubisoft is essentially addressing like one of the criticisms they got from their last assassin's creed game that it kind of felt like bloated in areas here which i totally agree with yeah uh and i'm just the reason why i put this uh story on here is just because I think it's an interesting discussion that I think more studios need to be having when they're developing an open world game is, you know, you don't need to have like a big open world and like have like maybe about 60 hours of like, you know, actual interesting content, but you want to try to push that, uh, that time limit up to like, you know, a hundred hours here or something like that. Yeah, I mean, or stretch that. I don't know. Stretch that out to a hundred hours. I well, say. I like, mean, I don't have the time to put in a hundred hours into a game. Yeah, like I'm. Uh, if he make it shorter and just really good, I'll play it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, they want to get their money's worth, I guess. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, and where I'm at with open world games is here's the thing. I like open world games. I feel like the strategy is now is kind of adopting the Skyrim strategy where you can play literally hundreds of hours on end and still not see everything or done everything, you know, and for people who are completionists who like to see at least the big chunk or the majority of the game, it's kind of a nightmare here. If you don't yeah. have like time or money here well, and, or just time, I guess. And it, even just the travel to the different missions. I'm like, yeah, just let me fast travel there. I don't want to yeah. oh, ride yeah. a horse for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. You better not play red dead because that's, I hate that. I hate that. But yeah, they, uh, I mean, even metal gear was like that though. You just have to ride a horse for like five to 10 minutes to go to this next. Yeah. This bad next guy. Area, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, is like, I feel like a lot of open world games, I mean, here's the thing, exploration in open worlds, I I get that it's one of the main reasons why you play a big open world game, but I think there's a different way of going about it, like, you know, Breath of the Wild. Totally. You know, they they really don't tell you where to go, they just... They, they say, just spread. They just spread out like a lot of like their content, like their shrines, 
There's stuff that you want to see and all that. They spread that out and they made like, you know, actually traversing the world fun. It's like, okay, maybe I'll go up to the top of this mountain and just glide around and see what I see here. Or maybe I'll get on a horse or maybe I'll fast travel. Who knows? But do what you want to do. Yeah, do what you want to do. Exactly. But no, I think uh, I think it is an issue just because, you know, everybody wants, you know, the big open world game. It's like, that's fine. But like, make the content more interesting. Like if if uh, you have like 100 hours of interesting content, you know, for the entire game. Great. I'll probably play it if that's the case. If it's just like. Okay, we got like maybe about 40 to 20 hours of like actual good content and the rest of the stuff is kind of like fetch quests and side missions that aren't really all that interesting. Uh, I'm out, you know. Right, totally. So. Well, we'll kind of see, I guess. Uh, It sounds like they're going the right direction. Yeah. All right, roundtable review, Dorian. Well, um... What's we, up? We might as well rename this whole section just Clone Wars. Wh- what did we think about Clone Wars yeah. this week? Because that's all it's been for the last couple of weeks, but it's the last week. It's the last week of Clone Wars. There's not really anything on the horizon, so who knows what we'll be reviewing, if anything, in it, the coming weeks. If anything. But yeah, so we got the fi- series finale here. So the series finale. Yes. Um, so Clone Wars finale, uh, season seven, episode 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I feel like this episode had pretty much everything Clone Wars needed to end. Um, uh, I thought it was a great ending to the series. The entirety of the episode really is Rex and Ahsoka trying to get off that Star Destroyer that they've been on. Yeah. Because uh, it's... Is it officially a Star Destroyer at that point? I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know the technical term of but, the... But it, that's what it is. For all intents and yeah. purposes, yeah. Uh, and so, Maul ends up going to the basically the hyperdrive room and then destroying all of it. Yeah. So this 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 uh ship that they're on is plummeting into a planet and they're trying to get off. That's the that's the premise of the whole episode. Pretty much, yeah. Uh now they do a really good job of you know Ahsoka and Rex you know Ahsoka's not wanting to kill any more of these clones. It's not the clones fault that they're turning that they're going against them. Sure, yeah. So it kind of definitely humanizes obviously Ahsoka's intentions and her her, you know, she did a lot of time with these guys. Pretty much her whole teenage/young adult life had been with these guys, like yeah. these these troopers. Yeah, well, and even like uh yeah, I mean, a big portion of this show has been the clone troopers here, you know, and focusing and fleshing them out more than you saw in the movies here because oh big time you know the only the only one that we really got like any type of like fleshing out in the mainline movies was uh, uh, Cody and he ends up like just turning on Obi Wan just like that here. yeah so it was kind of but yeah other than that it's uh no it's a, like they've actually really done like you know quite a bit to flesh these guys out and actually make them less of like you know just just mindless drones for the most part. Yeah. And there's some pretty cool action scenes, you know, on Ahsoka and Rex's park part and even Maul's part, but I you know they're trying to get off this, this, you know, star destroyer essentially. And, and Maul ends up stealing the only transport. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka ends up letting him go. She has, she's like force pulling the ship back. Yeah. And you could see, she could probably just destroy it if she wanted to. And she kind of lets go. Yeah. Um, which is good, you know, like, especially, you know, Ahsoka's not that kind of person who's just going to, like, force her yeah. way into it. So they end up finding another transport, which leads into a really cool skydiving scene that Ahsoka's a part of. Um, and, you know, obviously the Star Destroyer crashes into the Earth, into that planet. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's really cool that they ended kind of on was uh, all the helmets of that were part of those clone troopers who died in the crash. Ahsoka ends up burying basically yeah uh or at least taking their helmets and you know doing some kind of yeah ceremony ceremony. uh memorial type deal going on here yeah so her and rex are kind of mourning the losses of of you know those clones and all the clones really yeah um and just kind of the situation they're in because who would have thought that they would have been in that situation now you know this kind of this kind of brings light to there's a quote in star wars rebels where uh, Ezra and the crew, like Kanan, all of them are meeting Rex for the first time, mm-hmm. and they mention Ahsoka Tano, and he's like, "Yeah, I was, I, 
I was with her since the battle. I can't remember the battle name, the first battle that they fought together mm-hmm. to the Siege of Mandalore. And this was years ago that this episode aired. Yeah. So, so, so this is actually us actually seeing like that play out. Yeah. There. So it just adds more to the Rex character, obviously. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I thought it was a really awesome episode. It ends and, uh, you know, Ahsoka leaves her lightsabers that was gifted to her by Anakin or re-gifted to her by Anakin. Yeah. Uh, she leaves it there. Um, probably knowing Anakin could somehow trace him. I don't know, but kind of burying that part of her life. I think like, yeah, the Jedi are no more like I'm not, I wasn't a Jedi anymore anyway. And so I'm just going to kind of leave this here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of fast forward some time and Vader shows up there with his snow troopers and droids and stuff. And he finds Ahsoka's lightsaber and there's just a lot of really cool shots of, you know, one of the clone helmets that is painted like Ahsoka and he's kind of leaving in and you see it in the reflection of the, yeah, the visor of the, of the visor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's just a lot of symbolism in it. I'm not going to go super deep into that, but yeah. overall, just I think a good ending to the Clone Wars itself. Yeah. No, I think this is the best way you could have ended the Clone Wars for the most part, because you and I were discussing uh, before the show was uh, recording um, that you can't really like, you know, do the big finale type thing that you typically would for like most, uh, TV shows, just because a lot of the big stuff that's happening at this time is revenge of the Sith. And so unless you're going to actually, you know, get Ahsoka involved in like, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan's uh, lightsaber battle or something like that, uh, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And you'd be rewriting star Wars essentially, which, you know, that would be pretty self-indulgent of Dave Filoni if he did do that. Yeah, and he wouldn't. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, no, the the last scene where, you know, she's uh, burying the clone troopers and then you have Vader show up uh, finding the lightsaber and all that. that. That is the best part of this episode. Yeah. Uh, I do like Maul that he does get to be a baller. I mean, you know, even though it's just like, you know, just a quick scene of him just like legitimately wrecking like this uh, ship and essentially being the cause for everything to be uh, destroyed here and all the carnage that basically this whole episode focuses around here. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, no, it's uh, I think it's, I think it's good. I do wish we did get like some more lightsaber action from Maul sure. like, in this season because we really only got like one episode. Yeah, pretty much. But it was a baller episode. It was a baller episode, but so, yeah. Uh, and they did. They brought Ray Park to do some mocap for that. They did. Yeah, so, I saw that. Uh, who's the original actor who played Maul? But yeah. uh, and stuntman. But uh, yeah. So uh, you know, it's kind of bittersweet watching it because you know it's the last episode of this this series. That's you know mm-hmm. that's been pretty good. And uh, you know, I think thinking through the season. Uh, really, if you're, if you're to watch season seven, just watch the last four or five episodes. Yeah. Uh, probably the last four, to be honest. And that's it. You don't really, you don't need to watch any of the rest of it. No, because bad batch and the two sisters, they never actually come into the finale or the last story arc of this season. No. Yeah. This season, you know, I, I get that some of these episodes are probably like episodes that were already done and they were just scrapped when they got canceled or something along those lines. I'm not entirely sure of the full story, but I feel like there might've been a better way of like, you know, presenting it. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess for me, if I were to rate the, the season in general, Mm -hmm. probably, uh, like a seven. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's accurate. And then if you were to rate the last four, probably like an eight and a half or a nine. Yeah. No, I mean, the last four, I mean, that's what you tuned in for when you said, okay, we're going to make a final season of Clone Wars. This is going to be tying things together, blah, blah, blah. Really, only the last four episodes actually do any of that. Yeah, I would say it has to be a nine in order for it to get, even get a seven because the rest of it's definitely not not no. even up to snuff. But yeah, I, I would say they probably should have just done these last four and then that's it. That's my my own personal feeling. Or, like, they could have even, like... I wouldn't have minded if they expanded that story arc a little bit more. Yeah, they could have. Like, if you gave me, let's say, I don't know, six episodes altogether, just focusing yeah. on Maul, Siege of Mandalore, and, like, the episode three tie-in stuff here, 
that would have been, I think, you know, I would have been okay with that. Yeah. But no, nah, just we, we didn't even get a Mando Easter egg. Oh, yeah. And I, he supposedly was at Siege of Mandalore. Was he though? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, that's what I thought. Like when they were doing this, they they was gonna tie into other stuff. Yeah. Well, so. you, we'll probably see Mando in some capacity because it there is supposed to be the Rebels uh, sequel show, isn't there? Like, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. So, and I mean, man. Yeah, Mando's gonna be popping up in one of the Dave Filoni projects at some point. I mean, obviously Dave Filoni directed an episode, yeah. so he's already tied in. So it's just a matter of time. Come yeah, on. come on. I was just hoping to see. You know, I mean, I think that's most of the Mandalores, and he was a foundling. I don't know. I don't know who was on Mandalore at the time. Like, obviously, yeah, he was found before that, though. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out because. It would have been like uh, Attack of the Clones era, or or like the tail end of uh, the Clone Wars here, because it was. Uh, yeah, I guess it could have been. Yeah, because yeah, one, well, yeah, just timeline wise, because he was like about ten when that uh, when he lost his parents, roughly somewhere around yeah. there, ten or eight, yeah. and then there was like about maybe nineteen, uh, seventeen years that passed between Episode three and. Uh, oh, episode four and episode four, and then by the time we're at episode six, or like the man, or past episode six, and like the Mandalorian timeline, he probably, I don't know, he probably, he probably, he probably would have been like maybe on the tail end of the Clone Wars here, yeah, maybe hard to say. Anyway, all right, well, that's it for roundtable review, and thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. Make sure you go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, help us out a lot. Check us out on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, Have an awesome week. Remember, everyone's a nerd about something.